Hello, everybody, and welcome back once again to the Great Scott Podcast. Today, I am joined by news correspondent from Inside Edition, Mr. Stephen Fabian. How's it going, Stephen? Hey, how's it going? Going well. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Really appreciate it. Uh, interesting, interesting thing what you're doing. I saw some of your recent guests. And uh, Ed Asner, that was pretty cool. Ed Asner, I know. Yeah, actually, the interesting thing about Ed Asner is um, my uncle actually used to work with his cousin here in Kansas City. So oh, wow. uh, yeah, he, he's from here in Kansas City where I'm at. So, uh, so it was quite interesting getting to, to interview him. Yeah, he's always reminded me of my grandfather, I have to say. If I ever cast <laughs> the movie of my life, I would cast Ed Asner to play my grandfather. How about you? If you, if you were to cast, uh, uh, how about you? Oh, my gosh. Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius, the uh, animated cartoon. I think you <laughs> should play, play me the best. <laughs> that's, probably, that's probably my best answer. How about Alex Trebek before he goes? Well, okay, never mind. Well, I mean, I love, man, he's had quite a career. Absolutely. Uh, he's the man. Absolutely. So, uh, so I was reading over your bio, Stephen, and uh, it was really, really remarkable. I mean, uh, you, I got to say, I have, so I do have to say, you have the best job and probably one of the most dangerous jobs at the same time. <laughs> yeah, you know, it is funny. I find myself in pretty dangerous situations um, often on the show. It, it's on it, right? Like there will be some weeks where I'm chained in my office and I'm doing FaceTime interviews and I'm, you know, doing stand-ups around the city and, you know, doing other crazy things they ask me to do in like New York. But then there are weeks where, man, I'm, uh, you know, I, I jumped in an icy lake recently to, to, sort of simulate how this guy rescued a dog or uh climb climb through a pipe remember when the uh, inmates escaped from Mora? of course we're familiar with the showtime show escape from Danamora. now we recreated the escape through the same size pipe that they climbed through and i did that for the show so you know people around the office joke that they're always trying to kill me but <laughs> i i actually like those dangerous assignments i like when there's a little bit of thrill uh, involved. I man, recently, a couple months ago, I went like 700 feet under the ground to see the new aqueduct that they're drilling to provide all the water to New York City. It was like I was in Star Wars meets Stranger Things meets uh, Lord of the Rings. It was crazy. I mean, just being that far underground is spooky in itself. And uh, I thrive on that kind of stuff, though. That's what I like to do for the show. It's, it excites me. Have you always been that kind of person, or did that just kind of uh, happen to you when, when you joined uh, the, the show? You know, not necessarily. I'm not like a, a, a thrill seeker, you know, by nature. That really hasn't been my personality growing up. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I just I just like to think on my on my toes and sort of uh, roll with the punches and and uh, report from those dangerous situations at a young age. I was probably 24, 25 working for Channel One News, and I, I did some reports on the ground from Juarez, Mexico at the height of the drug war. Mm. And that was sort of the real, the first dangerous, very dangerous assignment that I was given. And I, I was proud of the final product. Um, and that, I think that's what sort of, sort of hooked me. And you are still, still living. You're still living and, and working. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so far. Right. So far, so good. <laughs> so far, so good. So, um, what has been uh, your 
since we're talking about the, the most dangerous uh, things, what has been the most dangerous, would you say, that they've uh, put you on as far as uh, the assignments go? <sighs> There's so many. You know, the swimming with sharks in the Bahamas really comes to mind because that was an assignment that sort of came out of nowhere. I remember getting the call on a week to weekend. It's Friday. You know, we don't have a show on the weekend, so we rarely have to work weekends. But I got a call from my boss at about 6 p.m. on Friday, and I'm already at home. I'm living in New York, and I answer the phone, and I think, what do you possibly want right now? <laughs> and my boss goes, Stephen, uh, what do you think about swimming with sharks in the Bahamas? And I said, sounds good. Sounds great. Uh, Chris, Chris, our one producer, Chris Dukas. Chris Dukas is setting it up. It's going to be next week. We'll call you back with details. I said, okay. So like, you know, four or five days later, I'm flying to the Bahamas. We're getting on this boat to go to Bimini. Um, it was sort of in conjunction with the Discovery Channel, and they were taking some journalists out. But for Inside Edition, we always try to push the envelope and kind of go the extra mile. So we're in the water with all these camera crews and they're about to start doing a live feeding of live sharks. Okay, these are sharks in the ocean, no cage, no protective equipment. But there is a safety line that they have all of the journalists with, with trained divers watching their backs and watching their fronts and making sure the sharks don't get too close to them. But for us, that was not good enough. For us, they wanted me to be in the middle of the feeding frenzy. So past the safety line, in the open water, in uh, snorkel and flippers, and they're basically throwing this chum around me. Now, the shark shark whisperer guy who we were with was like, look, they're not going to be interested in you at all. And that's easy to say. It's hard not to believe. You right, know? right. Uh, or it's, easy, it's easy not to believe. So I'm in the middle of uh, these shark-infested waters, seven or eight, maybe even ten large reef sharks um, are swarming around me, eating this chum and i'm like getting so close to them i had to kick one with my flippers because it was sort of <laughs> coming right at me and you know it, it made for good tv it was it was all fine and good when it aired but then like you know i started to think about it and look these are wild animals like weeks later i'm thinking if i would have been if this was somebody else and those sharks ate ate somebody and i read the headline you know, journalist gets eaten by sharks in the Bahamas during live feeding. He was on the other side of the safety line. I would say, well, that guy deserves that. I mean, that was yeah. <laughs> so I all the time and think like, oh boy, maybe we went a little too far there. Um, but I'm glad it, it's okay. And I don't, I'm glad I was okay. And now I don't have to do that again. <laughs> did you get you a, pay, did, did you get a pay raise after that? No, you know, it's funny. I, I get, I get people online who will write to me sometimes and say like, you, you deserve a raise for doing that. That was crazy. Especially when I jumped in this frozen lake uh, recently, it was like an ice, thick ice covered uh, lake. And I got in there with no shirt and just like, like, like basketball shorts. And I got a lot of feedback from viewers saying, you should, you deserve a raise for doing that. So I always pass those messages on to my bosses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You absolutely. I think you absolutely deserve it. I think you do for for a lot of the stunts that they put you through. <laughs> Thank you. So one of the other things that uh, on something something a little bit more safer here now <laughs> uh, that you've gotten to do uh, that I thought was definitely cool. You got to go to PNC Park with the Pittsburgh Pirates and throw out the first pitch. 
Oh man, that was so cool. Yeah. I was the show I was on before inside edition. Um, was a show called right this minute that is still on the air in its ninth season. I helped launch that show in 2011. It was based in Arizona, which is actually where I am right now because I'm here this weekend to officiate thing of two former coworkers who are marrying each other from race this minute. Nice. Yeah. So that's cool. But yeah, that was a promotion like in 2014. Um, right this minute is a nationally syndicated show that features uh, the latest and greatest in viral videos uh, across the board from news, to sports, to weather, to gross out, to funny, to pranks, to extreme sports, you know, everything under the sun, they sort of find the viral videos first before they go viral and, you know, have this sort of candid discussion on set about, about the videos. Well, one of the promotions to sort of drum up interest in the, in the Pittsburgh market, which is my hometown was to have me go out there and throw out the first pitch for the, for the pirates. And man, that was, that was one of the best days of my life. I got to say, I have a huge family in Pittsburgh and we had like an entire section of my aunts and uncles and cousins and friends, <laughs> uh, like maybe 50 people there in attendance. And I'm a huge pirates fan as, you know, as, as sad and disappointing the team has been the past couple of years. Um, you know, being from Pittsburgh, you are such a sports fan. Yeah. Uh, it's just, you know, ingrained in your, in your nature. And uh, just to be there and to be on that mound and to throw that pitch it was just uh, was amazing. One of the best days ever. And in at the same on the same day, I got to make Permani Brothers sandwiches in Pittsburgh, which is the the signature. If you've ever Pittsburgh, you're I guess you're in Kansas City. It's like you know what barbecue is to Kansas City, Permani Brothers sandwiches are to Pittsburgh. Right? They're these sort of delicious sandwiches. They've been featured on every food show there's ever been you know, basic slices of Italian bread, meat, cheese, coleslaw on the sandwich and vinegar based coleslaw and then uh, French fries. And so I got, I've been going to that place since I was a kid and I got to go behind, behind the counter and like make sandwiches for customers back there, which was really cool. So uh, it was a great, very Pittsburgh centric promotion for me. Yeah. The Royals have not been doing so well other just like the pirates. We've had back to back hundred loss seasons uh, but yeah. you guys won a World Series in the past couple of years, no? Oh, yes, yes, 2014, actually, that exact same year that you're talking about, 2014. Yeah, yeah, so we haven't sniffed a World Series. The Pirates haven't won a World Series in my entire lifetime. The last one was 1979. I was born in 1984, so uh, I'm still keeping my fingers crossed, but I'm not holding my breath because this team is not headed in the right direction. The, is this the, uh, the new Chicago Cubs team? Well, look, I mean, we hold the record for longest consecutive losing seasons of any major sports franchise from 1993, I think it was 90, well, 92 was the last, from 93 to 2013, it was 20 straight years of losing, yeah. 21 straight years of losing seasons. I mean, it was, it was just depressing, but 13, 14, 15, we had some good years, so Absolutely. hopefully we can Absolutely. find that mojo again. <laughs> So, uh, so you've had all these great experiences, and uh, well, mostly uh, good experiences. Some, some more dangerous than others. But um, uh, how? So, what have been some of the, the difficulties that you've had to go through to get to where you're at today? You mean career-wise, like to get to this job? Um, yeah, yeah, career-wise, yeah. 
you know, it, it's crazy. Like I, I started out doing television broadcast TV in high school at my high school, probably at age 15. I mean, I grew up, I grew up as a kid who always was recording stuff with a VHS camera and making funny videos with my friends. I was always interested in TV production. Well, at my high school, Plum High School in Pittsburgh, um, they have a pretty involved television productions department. And I actually got my start hosting this yearly telethon that the school does for the Make-A-Wish Foundation under the guidance of my high school teacher, Mr. Rick Barat, sort of showed me the ways back in the day. And we raised $74,000 my year for Make-A-Wish Foundation, which at, at the time was a national record. Now, they've been doing this telethon every year for since since 2000 year 2000 so this year was the 20th year i go back into a, a guest spot every year and next year i think they're gonna break the million dollar barrier of money raised wow. um, for which is really impressive for one school district um so that's kind of where i got my start and i kind of did that through college i had my own show i had a radio show that kind of thing i went to allegheny college in, in meadville pennsylvania which was also a short stint at nyu but um it was after college where it really started to get uh it was like touch and go there for a bit because i didn't didn't really have the local news bug i didn't really want to get into local news it wasn't something i was necessarily intrigued by i was kind of more interested in hosting and adventure type things and whatever else so i was living in philadelphia and um i always consider this part of my life when i had seven low-paying jobs uh <laughs> Yeah, I bartended. I worked in a baby clothes store. I hosted a Philadelphia nightlife web series. Like this is like before there were web series on YouTube and that kind of thing. Um, I hosted a dating show. I did these press junkets for an entertainment show that I didn't even get paid for. I actually lost money doing those because I had to commute to New York from Philadelphia. So basically, I, I just did whatever anybody would hire me to do to sort of build up my real. I worked for a soccer team, the Philadelphia Kicks, as like their in-stands announcer. I, I just kind of kept my eyes on the prize and did whatever I could and sent out 50 emails a day trying to uh, make something stick, you know. And uh, I actually sent an email to info at channel1.com. Channel One News was the long-running uh, program that was shown in junior highs and high schools across the country, six million students used to see it every day, uh, helped start the careers of people like Anderson Cooper, Maria Menounos, Lisa Ling, so many people who are on CBS News today and uh, working in the broadcast television industry. That was sort of my goal job out of college because you, you get such great experience as well. I emailed info at channel1.com as a shot in the dark and posted my resume and some photos and a demo reel and wrote a letter and thought, you know, what do I got to lose? Well, a couple of weeks later, I got a call back from, from somebody who was working for Channel One, yeah. and they were owned by NBC News at the time and said, hey, we want you to come next week to, to uh, 30 Rock in New York and interview with all these people, take an editing test, take a current events test. You're going to interview with seven or eight different people did that and thought I went there and did it. And I, I wasn't so confident coming out. I thought the interviews I did well, but I wasn't a news person per se at that time. So I wasn't necessarily up on a lot of current events and names and places. And I don't think I really did so great on that 
on that news quiz. But I always knew how to make television, and I think I passed the editing test and made a good impression. Did the best I could and thought, okay, we'll see what happens. Well, two days later, I got an email that said, yeah, we liked you. We want to make sure that you can do the job. Uh, you have a 48-hour window to produce two segments for us. Um, or maybe it wasn't for maybe it was a week. Uh, two segments for us in the style of Channel One News, like the clock starts now. I don't even have a camera. I don't even have editing equipment. So I had to like borrow stuff, come up with ideas. I basically put my life on hold, made those two pieces, uploaded them to YouTube, sent them in and said, all right, here's the best I can do. And then lo and behold, I was offered the job. And that was sort of like, oh man, that really felt like I made it, you know? And, oh, yeah. and uh, I've been full-time in the broadcast TV industry ever since. That was 2000. Eight, I remember getting the call. I was working in a baby clothes store selling high-end baby clothes and strollers. And I, I got the call from Channel One that they were offering me the job. So that was a huge, huge moment. So I just have and to say, so I, so I just also have to say, Deborah Norville, she's just beautiful. I mean, she is. I mean, she does such a great job on the show as well, uh, leading oh. into the segues. Yeah, she's she's just great. She is, I mean, Deborah's the consummate professional, you know, she's a legend. She's uh, in the Broadcasting Cable Hall of Fame. Deborah, she's been around the block. She's done a lot of stuff, man. And she's really the, the glue that holds the show together, I, I think, because she is uh, the big name, you know. Deborah Absolutely. is not only great at her job, but also is just so well known that, um, Absolutely. you know, people, people love watching her. That's part of the reason people watch the show. I didn't mean to to take away from the story that you were telling there. I just wanted to just to, to throw that. No, out. no, no. Yeah. But uh, of course, cool. yeah. So, uh, what advice would you give to someone um, that may want to get into to news themselves, or uh, maybe to to entertainment uh, in general? I think that the the best advice is the same advice I give a lot of our interns is like you know check your ego at the door, right? Because a lot of people think, oh, in this industry, even friends ask me. Oh, so someone picks out your clothes and like does your hair and, and sets that like no 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 no. <laughs> I, I'm lugging gear around. I, I'm you know schlepping to places by myself and meeting freelance camera crews, and driving hours on end by myself and you know getting no sleep and throwing myself. It's it's not a glamorous uh, life. Yeah. You know, people think it's a, it's a lot of it's a lot of fun and things are done for you, but no, you have to work really hard. And in, in, in hand in hand with that is also knowing how to do all the facets of the job. Like, I don't care if you want to be an editor, right? You want to edit video. You better know how to shoot. You better know how to do audio. You better know how to even be in front of the camera. If you want to be just an on-air person, no one wants to work with an on-air person who doesn't know how to do all the other parts of the job. Because when yeah. you do, it, you become an easy person to work with. I grew up shooting, writing, editing, and producing all my own content. And that makes me, at least I hope, an easier person to work with because I know what the editor's looking for. I know what the producer's looking for. I know what the cameraman's doing. You know, I sort of have this sort of simpatico with my camera guys because I don't have to tell them what I'm doing or because they know what I'm, they're doing. And it's, it's just easier to work with people when you are experienced in all of the different areas of the gig so i always say to our interns like i don't care what your dream is if you want to be a producer you got to learn how to edit you still got to learn how to write you still got to know how to be on air you know just to just to sort of 
I have a, a grasp on the business as a whole, especially a business that frankly is getting smaller. You know, they, they expect people to, to know how to do multiple jobs Yeah. because uh, if you, if you only know one thing coming out of school or trying to bust into the business, well, guess what? There's somebody who's going to know how to do four or five things. Yeah. Going to get the job. And uh, just to echo what you what you just said, um, I used to be a production assistant at uh, Paramount Studios, and um, uh, that, that that was a lot of work, like you're telling, like you're saying. Um, so just yeah, so just to echo what you're saying. I mean, I had about like you say five or six different jobs, so that that would definitely definitely make sense for uh, for TV, and I, I would imagine for for movies as well. <clears throat> oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, I sometimes try to explain people the amount of decisions that I'll have to make on a daily basis when I'm out on the road, like split decisions that, okay, this is what we're going with. No, we got to budget our time this way. It's not worth it to do this or do this. I mean, you really, a lot of it is time management and logistics and just making the right calls and being in the moment and reacting. And, you know, it's, it's a lot more than just what you see on TV uh, somebody reading a script and then maybe there's a stand up somewhere in the middle. There's a lot more work that goes into it. And it's a team of people really that put the show together. For every one person on camera, there's gotta be at least 10 or 15 people to make that one person on camera look good. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you yeah. look at our show, right? You, you got a two minute segment on, I don't know what the impeachment hearings or whatever you're seeing me, but you don't realize there's a cameraman, there's an audio person, there's an editor, there's a producer that I'm working with. Maybe there's a story coordinator who who set up an interview for me and maybe there's a person who I'm sending clips to of stuff that maybe I shot on my phone as a second camera and she's putting it in the system. So our editors can work with that and maybe there, and then of course there's the executive producers who I'm checking in with and saying, this is what I shot. This is great here. And then I'm sort of making calls on the fly and, and finding other interviews to do or other moments that are happening that might be good for our show. And, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of cooks in that kitchen. That's absolutely, sure. absolutely. So, uh, <clears throat> Stephen, uh, thank you so much for coming on on, on the show. Oh, of course, I think it's great what you're doing. I mean, you know, it's a it's an interesting cast of characters that you have on the show. So keep up the good work. And I had, and I now have one one more character to add to it. Yep, that's me. Of course, <laughs> I should say I should say you know. Um, uh, Inside Edition is one of those shows that's been on for now 30 years in, in, on broadcast TV and still does so well. But what is so interesting, at least from the internet perspective, is that so many people are watching the show on our YouTube page now. Oh yeah. So I should really I should really push to your listeners to check out the YouTube page because we have uh, I can't tell you that number, but I think we're like a top 50 uh, YouTube page when it comes to overall page views and. Um, so it's a it's a whole other whole other world there on the internet. So it's they're almost equal equal footing between the broadcast show and and the internet. So if you aren't familiar with the show from broadcast TV, just head to the YouTube page for sure. It's uh, YouTube.com/slash/InsideEdition. Is that the, the yeah? Website? I imagine right. Or if you would just search Inside Edition, it would come right up. Okay. I was uh, speaking of that real quick. I was uh, looking at uh, the one with the owl that was just there on the camera. And uh, oh. yeah, yeah uh, on the security camera, mm -hmm. and you were reading the comments off that uh, off that video. Oh yeah, that was like a cheeky little video we did just for the web. Um, 
where I sort of read people's YouTube comments. That was a, just a one-off little fun thing that we did, <laughs> yeah, a couple years ago. <laughs> That was an interesting video. I'll, I'll say that, but yeah. But Stephen, thank you so much, sir, for coming on the show. Please do come back anytime, anytime. You're more of than welcome. Of course. Thank, thank you so much for the invite. Appreciated it, and uh, you know, keep up the good work. Oh, thank you. Same, same to you. Much, much more success to you, sir. Thank you. All right. Talk to, talk to you later, sir. Bye bye. Okay.